the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs, a local community faith program from 100.7. The Word. Hello and welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. I'm Dr. Bob Bender. I am your host this evening. What a joy it is to be here. And I happen to be the Pastor Emeritus of Cross Fellowship Church, Director of Relations in Ministry and Envoy Financial, and I am also an adjunct professor at Gateway Seminary. And in my spare time, I host radio shows. Such a joy to have you here. I have as my guest John Farr. John is a church member, fellow church member across Fellowship Church. He is my basketball buddy. He's six feet seven inches tall, so we don't lose many games. And uh, John, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here tonight. Oh, thanks, Dr. Bob. And you have a ministry of what's it called? Bold and Free Ministries. Bold and Free Ministries, and we will get to that in a moment. And John has what an amazing story that is directly related to the subject matter that we'll be considering this evening. One I think is very, very important. Parenthetically, John, have you heard the story about the country preacher who wanted to be on the radio? Have you heard this one? I don't think so. Oh, he's out in the country, you know, got about 20 people in his church and and he's always wanted to be on the radio. So we got this little five watt transmitter. You know, of course, we're a hundred thousand watt transmitter here. And of course, we go clear up to Monument and down to Pueblo and whatnot. But he wanted to be on the radio. So he got this little five watt transmitter, you know, and he hooked it up. And on the first Sunday, he had it plugged in. Of course, it didn't go but about two miles out of his church, you know. So he gets up and he's so excited and he says, Hello, world. <laughs> hilarious. Well, hello, world, from Bob Bender, John Farr, tonight. We're going to be talking about a subject that's so very, very important, and it's a subject that will pique your interest, and it's a subject matter that we know will minister to you. But first of all, I want to give a shout-out to Chris Gould, our Senior Vice President and General Manager of Salem Media Group. We have three radio stations here in Colorado Springs. And John, I just appreciate Chris so much. You know who he is. And and Chris has blessed our community. This radio station has ministered to so many, the great preaching we have. And I don't know if you know this, John, but Chris goes around our city and visits all of our, all of our churches. He's there. He's been to our church. And I'm telling you, Chris is a friend. Chris is a godly guy. Chris has a heart for our city and a heart for our pastors. And I just want to tell you, Chris, buddy, we appreciate you and your leadership in this wonderful, wonderful radio ministry here in Colorado Springs. Well, let's talk about our subject matter. John, let me kind of introduce this subject matter by saying not to embrace the principle we're talking about this evening has some major negative effects. It is a relationship killer. 
It uh, leads to distrust and unresolved conflicts. It will stunt your Christian growth. Not to embrace now what we're talking about tonight is a health compromiser. It leads to high blood pressure, heart problems, weakened immune systems. It is a primary cause of depression. It uh, takes over our emotions, and we're enslaved to stress and distress and bitterness. John, it takes us on a journey towards self-destruction step by step until one day we wake up and we ask, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. What we're talking about is so very, very important. I believe, John, that it is a it is one of the strongest joy stealers of Christians. You know, Jesus said in John sixteen twenty two, let no man steal your joy. And you know, it's something I figured out, John, if the devil can't get to you, He'll get to somebody else who'll get to you. Mm-hmm. And I think this principle we're going to talk about this evening is related to what we're talking about here is all the negative fallout uh, from not applying the positive aspect of what we're talking about. In fact, John, the Word of God says it could keep us out of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. It re- Jesus spoke to this. What am I talking about? I'm talking about forgiveness. And I'm talking about, John, of unforgiveness and the negative fallout of unforgiveness. So we're going to be speaking to this issue, and I know it's going to relate to someone who's listening. This this program is for you. By the way, of course, please give us a call, 844-500-WORD, 844-500-WORD at any point, and we will engage you if you have a question, if you have a comment, a concern, we want to hear from you and what's on your heart, a prayer request or whatever, because we want this to be interactive. But I'm telling you, forgiveness and the flip side of unforgiveness is 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 a big deal. John, can you think yeah. of any other negative outgrowth of unforgiveness? Maybe something I've overlooked, something in your own experience or in your ministry that, that you want to add? Well, I think that was a pretty great list. I think just a couple of quick things that off the top of my head. Um, you know, our friendship with Jesus is really tied to our obedience to his commands. And and so when we're not forgiving, we're really being un, uh, disobedient. Mm-hmm. And that disobedience is um, re- just really impacts our ability to have a close relationship with our Lord. Sure, it, it affects negatively our fellowship with him and, and could, as I said, if we take seriously the words of Jesus, it could even uh, be a reflective uh, reflection of that lack of relationship we have with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, facts tell, but stories sell. John, I want to tell you this story that I know you probably know. It's a story that Jesus tells in Matthew 18. Hear ye the story of the $20 million man and the $20 man. Jesus has just concluded some remarks about restoring a fellow Christian through forgiveness, if you'll remember this, John. Mm-hmm. And and Peter has a question. Lord, how often should my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? <laughs> Simon Peter thought he was being generous by mentioning seven times because Jewish tradition says that you were to forgive a person three times. And then the common understanding was you could knock his block off. (laughs) Well, Peter expects congratulations from Jesus. But no, Jesus says you ought to forgive a person not up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven or 
490 times. And my interpretation of that, John, is, in other words, forgiveness is limitless. Mm -hmm. Well, act one. Enter the $20 million man. All accounts are due in the king's palace. Jim owes $20 million and cannot pay. The king orders him sold into slavery to gain the settlement. Jim pleads, Lord, be patient with me and I will pay you everything. The king releases him out of compassion and forgives him his debt. And Jim walks away feeling great and owing nothing. You remember this story? Mm -hmm. Act 2. The $20 man. As Jim walks out of the courtroom, he runs into Bill, who owes him $20. Jim seizes Bill and begins to choke him and say, pay me what you owe me. Roman writers often cited men going to debtors and wrenching their necks until the blood ran out of their mouths and their noses. It was the old mafioso collection agency approach. Uh, no wonder the mafia began in Italy. <laughs> So Bill falls down and pleads with Jim, who had just been forgiven. Have patience with me and I'll repay you. Nothing doing, Jim replies, and throws him into debtor's prison. Well, Act 3 will begin in just a moment in this amazing story Jesus tells us about forgiveness. We'll take a break and we'll see you right back. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7, The Word. Welcome to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. So glad to have you listening this evening. I've got as my guest, John Farr, and we're in the middle of a biblical story. But John, did you have a good day today? I did. Yeah, I appreciate that. I didn't, man. I had you a didn't. presentation at lunch. I was fighting technology. You're a tech guy, aren't you? I am. I was just fighting it about 10 minutes, man. It put me behind. Sometimes I wonder, does does J, does David Jeremiah's computer ever crash? You know, do these these guys ever have problems like I do? But anyway, it's it's it, we praise the Lord yeah. anyway. Well, we'll get to our caller in just a second, but I'd like to finish this story if I could, John. Act 1, the $20 million man. Act 2, the $20 man. Act 3, life imprisonment. Their friends are so distressed over this development that Jim, having been forgiven of so much, would not forgive Bill. They report it to the king, who summons Jim in and says, You wicked servant, I forgave you of all you owed me. Should you not forgive your fellow servant, even as I have had mercy on you? In anger, the king delivers Jim to the torturers. Now, John, let's hang on to that, because in our unforgiveness state, there are torturers. Mm -hmm. And I've mentioned some some of them earlier until he paid the 20 million dollars that was owed him epilogue. Jesus concludes by saying, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you who do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. John, as you well know, the point of this story is pretty simple, really. The king is the Lord. The 20 million dollar man is you and me. The $20 man represents those who have offended us. Mm -hmm. And the ridiculous difference between the amounts is directly related to the differences in our sins against God compared to other sins against us. How can we withhold forgiveness from one who owes us $20 when we in our sinfulness owed a holy God $20 million? Mm -hmm. Boy, it's a powerful story. Powerful story. And John, into our life, into everyone's life, comes an opportunity to either forgive or not forgive. And Jesus had some 
pretty heavy things to say about forgiveness. In fact, mm-hmm. he said, uh, unpacking the Lord's Prayer, if you don't, you might be even in danger of not even, not even having a relationship with God. So forgiveness is a big deal, and it's downside. Unforgiveness is just devastating. Everybody has uh, – John, I don't have a story. I'm sorry. Uh, forgiveness has been pretty easy for me in my life. I think primarily because out of a sense probably of, of duty, I'm kind of a duty guy, obey, like you said. Mm-hmm. But nothing really major has happened to me, so I really haven't had the opportunity. I hope I don't ever do it. But you know what I'm saying? To really extend forgiveness to somebody who's hurt me deeply, uh, would you tell us your story? Yeah, so my, my life got started off a little rough, uh, like a, a lot, probably a lot of our, our listeners have experienced. Um, my father was murdered when I was about three years old. Mm. Um, the man that was accused of killing him was a man named Colin Davis. So there may be some people out there that may be familiar with the story. This would have been uh, 1976 in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, Cullen we, was, we were there then. I remember oh, this. Yeah. We were then Fort Worth in 1976. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Cullen uh, at the time was one of the richest men in the world, or uh, I'm sorry, one of the richest men in the country. Um, he was accused of not only killing my father, but uh, also killing his 13-year-old stepdaughter, Andrea, and then shooting um, his soon-to-be ex-wife, Priscilla, mm-hmm. and uh, another family friend, Gus Gavril. And um, it was really tough, uh, you know, tough 18 years for me because not only was uh, Colin Davis acquitted of, of the crime, mm. he was rearrested a couple of years later. Uh, the FBI had him on uh, sur- under surveillance for attempting to hire a hitman to kill another 20 or so people, including his divorce judge. So uh, he was eventually acquitted of that mm. crime as well. So this is somebody, you know, who's able to, you know, escape quite a few situations and and so for me, I, I grew up hearing the story. Uh, okay. They made a, a TV miniseries out of it in the mid-90s. Um, it was on the news. Every year they would do a story in, you know, on the anniversary of it. And, mm-hmm. and so for me, it was just a lot of, there was a lot of injustice, you know, like a lot of people have experienced. You know, that's, that's one of the toughest things about forgiveness is people want justice. Mm-hmm. And I was filled with a lot of hate, a lot of anger, a lot of rebellion. Uh, it wasn't until about 19 when I got to meet Colin Davis for the first time. He's, wow. How'd he's, you meet him? Well, he settled out of uh, court with us. We we filed a lawsuit against him for wrongful death. Um, he settled out of court with us for a non-dischargeable judgment. And uh, when I was about 19, I you know was lost. Um, knew this guy owed me a lot of money and had, a, had an idea of how I could collect it. And so I called his attorney and arranged a meeting. And to my surprise, he accepted the offer, and I met him in his attorney's office in uh, Dallas. Um, and uh, and I can remember sitting there across the, the table from him, uh, looking at the man that at the time, I, I really believed that he was the man that killed my father, even though he was acquitted of the crime. And I remember I, I was lost. I, I had grown up in the church hearing about the gospel, but never really uh, receiving it for myself. And I remember looking at Colin Davis with this thought of, God, did you really die on the cross for the sins of this man the same way you did mine? Mm-hmm. And just just the, the thought of that, just I, I felt this amazing sense of peace, but also just the, it was just a very surreal moment because I'd spent most of my life not really not really thinking about if I was going to kill him, but how, how I was going to take revenge on this man that had, had really ruined my life. And so to have that kind of peace and have that kind of understanding at that point in time to, to really to see Cullen Davis in that moment mm. through through what what I would imagine God's eyes would be like you know he he died for all of us mm-hmm. 
And uh, it was a few months later, um, I ended up accepting the Lord as, uh, as my Savior at a really low point in my life. And, and then I really chose to forgive Colin Davis for, mm-hmm. for killing my father. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning. That was the beginning of the, of the you know, a new life. For sure. Wow, that is a powerful story, John. I remember, of course, we were there when that occurred. Didn't know you, of course, and didn't know your dad, Stan, right? Stan. Who uh, was uh, involved in that. You chose to forgive. Interesting uh, use of words there. Um, how difficult was it? Well, you know, it was. Uh, I think I had to connect the dots because I think that's one of the things that people struggle with so much. Mm-hmm. You can't really forgive until you realize you've been forgiven, and and for me, just realizing um, I was given my I gave my life to God. I realized I was forgiven mm. for my sin, and I knew that if I continued to hold on to that bitterness and that resentment, that it would just defile me from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And so I and and really that was the you know the the beginning of of something that um, I didn't know God had waiting for me, mm-hmm. uh, which is and and that's that's really where. You know, it kind of segues into this concept of love. Yeah, sure. They are certainly related. As we think in terms of forgiveness, uh, you you really mirrored the story Jesus was saying. You didn't say it in so many words, but for one way to look at forgiveness, John, I think, is is seeing others' sins against us, and that's going to happen in light of our sins against God. Right. And in seeing how God has dealt with us, and in the same way, in maybe such a smaller way compared to our sins against God, that's how we are to reflect God to them. And I know it, it's somewhat clinical, it's biblical, it's a biblical truth. I know there's so many emotions that are involved in this, but I'm going to uh, adapt a quote from Lewis Smeeds. He said, in light of this story in particular, John, that forgiveness sets the prisoner free and, does. and the prisoner's me. Yeah. Forgiveness sets the prisoner free and the prisoner's me. And in the, in the, the few times I've had to exercise this, I've, I've found uh, that to be true. Hey, it, it's like uh, I think it was Nelson Mandela who in the middle of apartheid in South Africa was jailed for years, lost his uh, family and, and meeting his grandkid, I mean his, his older children stuff, as they were teenagers. He said, you know, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and thinking it's going to kill them. Mm. So I think just realizing what it's doing to us, that's why I introduced with all these negative factors, because it, it takes its toll. And I think, I think bitterness is one of those things uh, that occurs. The Bible says, don't let bitterness take hold of you. It'll destroy you and others around you. Mm-hmm. It's like a cancer. Yeah. So, John, when we come back, I want to hear how this experience, how you dealt with it, how it impacted your life, and how it led into your ministry. You know, God never wastes an experience, does he? Never. Uh, we'll be right back and hope you'll continue to join us here at Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs. On 100.7, The Word. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Bob Bender, your host tonight, and welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. And we're at a spot where we want to hear from you, 844 500 
word 844-500-WORD. And if you'll give us a call, we promise we'll get you on the air and answer your question, address your concern, take a prayer request, because we are here for you. And it is such a joy to have a great listening crowd here at Crosswalk Colorado Springs. I enjoy listening to it throughout the week, and thank you for joining us. Well, John, you know, when I when I talk with people about this matter of forgiveness, I hear uh, it doesn't make sense. I hear people say, well, well, they're getting off easy, and, and what if they do it again? I hear people say, well, 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 they're the winner, and I'm the loser. I can't forgive him or her for what they have done to me. I mean, John, we're talking about physical and sexual abuse. We're talking about people who uh, trash somebody's reputation or taking them for thousands of dollars. And I hear people say, well, they haven't repented and they don't deserve it. Mm. Or people say, well, don't, don't, uh, don't they need to be in a certain posture in order for me to forgive them? So, John, what do you think? Do you think uh, – are we waiting on something from them or should forgiveness initiate with us? How, how do you respond to these concerns? And they're valid. I mean, you know, they're valid. Yeah, very valid. Yeah, this one, it's, it's amazing. Forgiveness is one of the most misunderstood – yeah, one of the most foundational concepts of our Christian walk. And uh, a lot of people don't, you know, they have this uh, assumption that if I forgive, that means I have to go back to trusting that person the mm. next day. They don't realize that forgiveness and reconciliation of a relationship and restoration of a relationship are, are those are different events. And, 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 and the, what I, what was amazing about what happened to me and when I really let go of, um, the hurt that uh, Colin Davis had done me or, or what I felt like, you know, that he was the one, even though he was acquitted. Um, it prepared me for a few years later when I got to meet, uh, was eventually going to be my wife. And I didn't really understand in the moment how that, how the, the ability to forgive in a place of marital conflict, mm. how that was going to be so impactful in our lives. Um, you know, I was able to speak to my wife in a way, uh, you know, first week of our marriage, we had some, some conflict. I'm sure we were the only ones, um, <laughs> that ever had conflict week one of our marriage, but, uh, my wife had never, um, never had anybody speak to her in a way, uh, in the middle of a conflict. I don't mean like two days later or three days later, or a week later, two months later, but right in the middle of the conflict to be able to speak to her. Uh, speak to her with love, um, with the goal of of reconciliation, and I could only do that with a with a hard attitude of forgiving and not taking it personal. And 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 I had no idea that that forgiving Cullen Davis of that incredible hurt was going to set me up to to be able to love my wife in a way that neither one of us really understood. And that's really what what ended up becoming the foundation of this ministry that God's given to me for the last twenty five years. And just getting to love people um, through really difficult situations, um, uh, certainly situations that I never would have felt qualified mm. to, to handle. Again, God never wastes an experience, and mm. he uses the, the even the most devastating negative experiences in our lives, if we'll let him, to turn it for good yes. uh, to in our lives and in others. Uh, like what you're, you're, you're saying, kind of a general attitude of, of forgiveness Sets the heart posture, sets the stage for great relationships. Well, we have a caller, I believe. We have Annie, and let's hear from Annie, see what her question is, or comment, or concern, and see, John, if we can help Annie tonight. Annie, welcome to Crosswalk. How can we serve you? 
Thank you, Dr. Bender. Uh, what are the warning signs for an unforgiving spirit? What are the warning signs for an unforgiving spirit? Annie, are you one of my seminary students? I am, sir. Well, thank you for calling. I'll just uh, see you Wednesday night. You can ask me then. No, no, we'll just <laughs> we'll just answer it here on the, the, the radio. Uh, would you repeat that exact question again, Annie, so we make sure we're addressing it? Yes. What are the warning signs of an unforgiving spirit? A warning, the warning signs of an unforgiven spirit, so that we can maybe do a, a spirit check, a heart check, to see yes. if uh, if that is in our hearts or not. Warning signs of an unforgiving spirit. Annie, I would yes, think sir. one of them would be, I call it mental noise. Between the life is lived between the ears. And if there's a lot of, of mental noise going on and and a lack of peace in the heart, of course, is related. So I think a, a mental noise would be one of them. I think being relationally challenged, to your point, John, I think when, when there is a an element of being relationally challenged to some degree or another, I think that might be an indication. John, can you think of any of us? What would be, how can we kind of test our hearts and see, do I have an unforgiving spirit? Obviously, I think another one, John, would be, Annie, if I were to mention a certain person's name, if, if, it's, if it's located towards a certain person, how then would you, would you feel about that? How is your heart response to a certain person, if that unforgiving spirit is localized or personalized in a person's life. John, what do you have to add about this? It's a great question because we all need to do a heart check. Jesus goes for the heart, and the Old Testament calls it a, a an uncircumcised heart. So we want our hearts to be so circumcised by the Lord, that scalpel that cuts away anything that would keep us from relating to the Lord fully and relating to others. John, what, what else would you add to this? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, great question. There's a couple of things I usually share with people when I'm talking about this subject. And uh, the, the, the big one is um, whether what, what level of compassion you have for a particular person. Mm. If you find yourself not having compassion towards them or um, not even wanting, not, maybe not wanting to be in their presence, or I, I would even say being indifferent. Mm. If you would say, well, wow. I, you know, I'm doing my thing, they're doing their thing. I'm just going to tell people you're not free. You're not free. And so the other, the other measurement that I give people to, <clears throat> to kind of check their heart is, is there anybody, any, anybody that you would not want to walk through the front door? Mm. And if you can, for most people, that, that, that doesn't take too long to answer. Right, right. And it might be, it's kind of related to unresolved conflicts. And when I was I was a pastor, I would speak to people. Now, now we want to have this relationship of such a nature that if you were to walk down the hall of the church and your your paths cross, you could look them in the eye with a clear conscience. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of, kind of related to that. What emotional response does a person elicit when we think of that person or, or engage that person? Annie, do you have any thoughts or comments or questions? I hope we've, we've, answered, we've addressed your issue because I feel many folks are, are in your shoes, and that's a, a wonderful thought. Well, I think you're you're right in that sense that there are a lot of Christians that are out there that do have unforgiving spirits, and um, they come up with reasons why they can't forgive. Mm-hmm. And um, even though 
you know, you direct them to Scripture and the Bible, and you tell them how Christ forgave all of us and that we should forgive. Um, but they come up with reasons why mm-hmm. they can't forgive. And um, and I think to your point, Annie, I hear this a, a lot. Well, I can't forgive that person. Well, are you saying I can't or I won't? I won't, yeah. 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 I think we have because to deal with I, that. I know that a lot of uh, people that I know have, like the root of bitterness now, it's yep. poisoned their soul. Yep. And, twelve fifteen, and so they've developed that barricade mm-hmm. around their soul, and some of them, um, their relationships have passed on, and they did not forgive them. So that person is already dead. And so, how do you forgive somebody that has already died? Well, that's a great question too. Jesus never leaves us dead in the water, does he, John? Mm-mm. He never leaves us dead in the water. He always provides a way out. And if we've missed that opportunity to ask that person or to to at least to make that relationship right, if they have passed, we make it right with God, and that's what counts moving forward. Annie, thanks for your call, and we'll take a break here from our new bet. God bless you, my sister, and we'll take a break here from our sponsors and hope to hear you again in a moment. Thank you for tuning in to Crosswalk Colorado Springs this Tuesday night. Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk. Dr. Bob Bender here, your host this evening. Again, 844-500-WORD, 844-500-9673. Give us a call, and we'll be glad to put you on the air and help you with anything we may do. So we are here to serve. So, John, we're talking about forgiveness. And I'm saying that forgiveness is seeing others' offenses against me as God sees my offenses against him. And as you know, the Greek word forgiveness means to send away. Mm. And how does God deal with our sins? Psalm 103, 10 to 14, he has cast them as far as the east from the west. That is an indeterminate distance. It is uh, you can't measure it. So that's how God sees us. God help us to see others in that light. Because I believe, John, that forgiveness more than any other matter or character reflects the character of God. Mm. That's why Jesus had so much to say about it. And we're saying that forgiveness sets the prisoner free and the prisoner's me. Amen. So, John, how did your experience, as you have processed it, as God has given you grace to forgive, how did this lead to your current ministry, Bold and Free, and how's God using you in this way? Well, it's interesting because I, you know, it's definitely not a ministry that I ever thought about setting out to to find or to seek out. And and um, as I had an opportunity to, to you know work through those first few years of our, our our marriage, which was really tough, working through a lot of conflict and and trying to find a way to to build a relationship, God kept bringing opportunities my way. Um, it, to, to talk to people with yeah, people, issues? Yeah, people going through difficult situations. Wow. I had uh, one, one individual who was uh, in the middle of a drug-induced psychosis, uh, other you know, people dealing with sexual assault or uh, mental, physical abuse, um, suicidal tendencies. I mean, just just situations that, from a worldly perspective, I never would have been qualified to 
um, to handle. And, 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 and God just sent them your way? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, literally. Just wow. uh, kept coming across them, just story after story. And uh, people at work or, or uh, family friends or just, just strangers, uh, just so many different stories. And, and I found myself um, communicating the same thing. I found myself saying a repetitive story. Mm. And, and it started with identifying the hurts that people were holding on okay. to. And one of the measurements, you know, as we were talking about the measurement uh, uh, concept earlier, one of the questions I ask people is, you know, is there anything that has happened to you in the past that if you still think about it a little too long today, it's, it hurts your heart? Mm. And if you still have pain today wow. from something that happened in the in the past, mm-hmm. I'm going to challenge you to to be free. Mm-hmm. And that's really, it's, it's not a more of a con- condemning question. It's more of an opportunity. Do you want to be free? Mm-hmm. And, and or if you want to, you can live with this pain for the next 20 years of your life, mm-hmm. the next 40 years, the next however many years you've got mm-hmm. left. You can do God will let you live mm-hmm. for as long as you want. And so what I found is a lot of times when people see that opportunity for freedom, uh, like the woman at the well, they, they want to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, more times out of not, mm-hmm. uh, more times than not, they'll take advantage of that. And, and a big part of that process is really teaching people how to effectively pray. So many people struggle with this concept of forgiveness, and they'll say something like, Lord, take the pain away from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord, help me to forgive. Lord, I want to forgive. Lord, I need to forgive. I mean, all okay. these, just dancing around the prayer. Uh, I had one one woman who um, was raped as a 17-year-old by her doctor mm. in the doctor's office, mm-hmm. living with that for 30 years. Mm. She's been praying forever. And got a chance to to do some discipleship with her and her husband and taught her how to pray it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And the prayer was really simple. Lord, I'm coming to you right now because you've forgiven me. Mm-hmm. And because you've forgiven me, I'm choosing today to forgive Colin Davis for not just for killing my father, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to just for, for making my family afraid for taking my father away from me for all those years. And, and, um, and Lord, I want to give that up to you. I'm forgiving him because you've forgiven me. And and then to go on to pray, uh, Lord, I, I hope someday Colin Davis gets saved. Mm-hmm. I, I, I pray, Lord, you bless him. I pray, Lord, you help him to become mm. the man of God that you want him to be. And I and if Lord, if it's your will, and there's an opportunity for us to reconcile, I pray someday that we can do that. Well, you know, Jesus, he talks about the second mile, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Jesus says, bless those who persecute you. Well, this is the first century. So I, I like where you're headed here, John, to specifically deal with the issue and and claim God's cleansing and God's uh, principles, putting them into practice, mm-hmm. and then even going a step further, I hear, Lord, bless this person. Yeah, I'll challenge people to, if it takes you 60 seconds to give up the hurt, mm-hmm. I'll challenge people to pray for 120 seconds for that person. Mm-hmm. You pray twice as long as it takes to forgive. And and the more you pray for that person, the more you know your heart's free. Mm, and the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when mm. he prayed for his friends. Mm-hmm. Job 46.10. Well, that's a good good concept. I hadn't thought of that. And so I had uh, had an opportunity about seven mm-hmm. years ago to go back and visit Colin Davis for the second time. Mm. So I'm 43 years old. Okay. I was the same age that he was when he was accused of, of committing the crimes. This is on the killing your dad. Yeah, 40th yeah. anniversary of the of the killings, mm. and um, 
And at that point in time, the, the size of the judgment had grown. We'd been renewing it every year. And so I went down to talk to him about that. And, uh, but my goal was not, not to talk about money. I used that as kind of the, the intro, the mm-hmm. opportunity to connect with him one more time. Uh, but my goal was to take everything that God had been doing in my life over the last 18 years at that point in time. And my hope was that if God could use my story and my testimony, everything he'd done in my life over, over all those years, that if I could, I would share the gospel with Colin Davis, mm. walk away from that meeting, calling him my brother in Christ. Wow. That was where my heart was at. I was free. Mm. I was just free. And uh, so uh, what I really, uh, the the purpose of the ministry is really to teach people how to, forgiveness is the path to love. Mm-hmm. Jesus in John 13, 34 and 35, he, he gives us that commandment to love not just to love one another, but to do it the way he showed us how to. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest barriers and blockers to really loving people in our life is this bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness in mm-hmm. our life. And so mm-hmm. forgiveness is just a path to let go of the past mm-hmm. so that we can embrace the future. It's good. No fear, ready to love. Mm-hmm. And so so it's really about helping people move into, instead of this, uh, what I describe as a cycle of fear, hurt, and pain, and moving into a cycle of love, reconciliation and restoration Mm, mm. we're going to be in one cycle or the other Mm -hmm. we have to choose which one we're going to do Mm -hmm. what have you seen is the results of some of uh, the folks you're discipling and bold and free ministry and because forgiveness is a big part of what you're doing right yes okay what what have you seen life change what what are some of the positive blessings of folks who who go through this with you take it seriously and move through the steps you are suggesting yeah just um um it's life changing for a lot of people because they get, they get to experience God's promises. Mm-hmm. They get to find out that Philippians four, six, and seven is true. And, and when you get to experience God's promises, the peace of God that passes all understanding, yeah, come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you experience experience God's promises in your life in that way, where you know you've been set free, you've mm-hmm. you've you feel the burden lifted, you you're excited about uh, moving forward. You can't help but want to share that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've uh, just some folks, even in our church, I've got some stories, some podcasts on our website about some incredible stories of God um, setting people free that, and and the way he intersects our lives and connects us uh, at the right time when Mm -hmm. people are ready to listen. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what I love about God is he knows when we're ready to listen. Mm -hmm. Yes. I appreciate your emphasis on heart posture, on being open-minded and and just asking the Lord to help us. We need his help, and oftentimes he'll send somebody like you with some help along the way. Uh, I've always said if you if you want to be forgiven, uh, confess your sins to God. If you want to be healed, confess your sins to somebody else, to man. Yeah, James 5.16. Yeah, amen. That's a big part of what I, what I try to teach people is that it's not just the verbalization of the prayer, but it's actually doing it with somebody you trust. Mm-hmm. Bet, you bet. Well, we hope we've helped tonight. We pray, Lord, help us to be forgiving, understanding how you have forgiven us of $10 million, how we can certainly forgive somebody else of the debt of 20. We love you, Lord. We praise you. Thanks for this good week. And help us to, you're going to give us an opportunity to forgive others as you have forgiven us. And we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.